Imagine this. You're sat at the top table of your best friend's wedding, and you know that in about five minutes' time, you're going to have to make your speech, the speech you've been working on for months. You don't like public speaking. You don't want to make a fool of yourself. You don't want to embarrass your best friend. You are getting very, very twitchy. You can't eat the meal and you've been to the loo about 10 times. You're worried about what you look like. Are you wearing the right thing? Will your voice give way halfway through? Will other people's speeches be way better than yours and yours will look boring? And you're beginning to breathe a little more tensely. And yeah, do you know what? Your hands are even starting to tremble and your knees feel a bit weak. Will you even be able to stand up? You have pre-performance anxiety and this is very human. But listen up to this episode because maybe those wise, meaning, helpful friends telling you to calm down, it'll be okay, or just take a few deep breaths. Maybe you even telling yourself to do that is not the best way forward. It might be something that sounds completely ridiculous that you need to do. So that's what this episode is about. Don't calm down, dear. This is Self-Belief Unsquashed. I'm Trisha Lewis, your host, and I'm very excited to share, well, to share some research that I came across just recently. And that was because I went down a rabbit hole, which I love doing. And might I just say that curiosity is the most wonderful gift that we've been given as humans. So it's going to rather flip your ideas of how to manage those pre-performance nerves. And not going to say any more. Here we go. Seeing as we're talking about emotions, we might start with a lovely little story about our brain. And this comes from a book called Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain by Lisa Feldman Barrett. I'll put links. Are you sitting comfortably? Once upon a time, you were a little stomach on a stick floating in the sea. Little by little, you evolved, you grew sensory systems and learned that you were part of a bigger world. You grew bodily systems to navigate that world efficiently. And you grew a brain that ran a budget for your body. You learned to live in groups with all the other little brains in bodies. You crawled out of the water and onto land and across the expanse of evolutionary time with the innovation that comes from trial and error and the deaths of trillions of animals. You ended up with a human brain. A brain that can do so many impressive things, but at the same time, severely misunderstands itself. Misunderstands itself. Well, maybe that's what's going on with this whole nerves, anxious malarkey that we're going to unpack. Lisa Feldman Barrett, she has written a book called How Emotions Are Made as well. And she talks about this thing called body budget, where she really just gets very straightforward about what our brains are. They are just in this dark space looking through tiny little pinholes and they're just figuring out how to most effectively use your energy in order to help you survive. That's really their job, its job, your brain. However, we seem to think 
that it's way more complex than that. It's it's got all these emotions and tangled up, confused thoughts and existential crisis going on all the time. No, that's you doing that. You and the pressures of society and your what I call fibs, your fears, illusions and baggage. All of that is doing that. Your brain is just simply trying to get on with a very practical job of keeping you alive. So we might assume that those jitters, those trembly hands and wobbly knees and slight sweatiness and maybe even beginning to lose our voice are all because our brain has picked up that we are under threat. Yes, this is a real danger what we're about to do. No wonder we're reacting like this. And so that kind of makes it worse because we're we're now feeding the brain with this sense that yes, we are in danger. Okay, it's at this point, you're about to make this speech or whatever it is, going to a meeting that you know you've got to contribute in or present or even sing up and do a bit of karaoke and in front of people, whatever it is, or a sporting event. You are now trying to tell yourself to calm down because that is the wisdom of ages, isn't it? That's what your friends will tell you. That's what various books will tell you. That's what going to various breathing classes will tell you. This is how you manage those nerves. <gasps> Breathe deeply, count to 10. Imagine yourself in a lovely, calm place. Mm. But what if I told you that it might be more effective to reframe that anxiety as excitement. Yes. Now you think I'm stupid. How am I going to get excited? You're thinking when I'm just plain scared. I, I don't like public speaking. I, I get nervous in front of people, whatever it is. How am I going to get excited? That's the last thing I'm feeling. Well, do you know what? You are capable of doing this reframe. You are in charge of your brain. And you can make this switch. And actually, and this is a bit of a aha moment, likely that you can switch from anxiety to excitement as a state than from anxiety to calm as a state. Why? Uh, because anxiety and excitement are both high arousal states Calm is a low arousal state. So just picture that gap between calm and anxiety. It's, it's a huge gap, whereas the other two, they're pretty much on the same level. So that little switch is tiny. It's a tiny little tiptoe step. It is more. So that's one thing that I think is just a bit mind blowing. This has all come to me in floods from various reading I've been doing recently. It kind of started with a book called Cringeworthy by Melissa Dahl, which I thoroughly recommend. And she talks about embarrassment and all that sort of stuff. And she actually referred to this piece of research, which is by Alison Wood Brooks. It's a 2013 piece of research. She's a, a member of the Harvard Business School. And the research is called, and I will put links, Get Excited. Reappraising pre-performance anxiety as excitement. She did these various experiments, and I won't go into detail. Obviously, 
get get your you can actually read this research it's not one of those that takes you to a link that you have to pay for or anything you can actually see the whole wonderful uh discussion abstract and results and all the rest of it so one of the things she does is she gets people in an experimental um uh, situation of singing a karaoke song and it sort of is almost a competition because they're going to get paid a certain amount if they're judged uh, as being closest to the real thing. And it is a song that apparently is the most downloaded song or something like that. It's uh, a 1981 hit by Journey. A singer in a smoky room, a smell of wine and cheap perfume. Don't stop believing. Yes, well, that wasn't accurate and I wouldn't have earned any money from that. But that was their test. However, beforehand, there were various control groups. One, there was, you know, a neutral situation. One group was told to repeat the phrase, I am feeling anxious. And the other group, the phrase, I am feeling excited. And guess what? Ta-da! Those that had said, even although they didn't feel it, but had said out loud, and really tried to believe it, don't stop believing, they had actually been better at singing that song. They had scored higher. And the same applied to doing a piece of impromptu speech and some other things that were done in this experiment. But it really did turn out that saying, I'm excited, worked. So that's how much control you've got over your brain. And in fact, the author, Melissa Dahl of Cringeworthy said, she said, uh, don't judge me for this, but before I do an important presentation, I will go into the bathroom uh, at the event and um, put on the pointer sisters and just dance around a bit saying, I'm so excited. I know all this singing is a bit much, but do you know what? It works. So without going into too much detail, what we're really talking about here is that we can really get bogged down in assuming that our body is saying certain things because of its reactions and that that must be true, that yes, this is scary. Whereas actually the brain is just doing simple stuff and it's just seeing that there's something uncertain coming up and it's just picking up various signs. And of course, the more nervous you get, the more it picks up the signs that you're now actually in grave danger. And so it's a, a circle thing. Whereas you can actually just clock in with your brain and say, hang on, hang on, hang on. I know you're doing your best, but um, actually... I'm so excited. I'm not anxious. And it works. It's a trick. It's a bit like smiling with a pencil um, in your mouth. It's the Duchenne smile thing. It's a, that's another experiment. You will instantly feel happy because it's a proper smile. Um, all sorts of little tricks you can do like that. But actually telling yourself to calm down could be working in the opposite way that you need it to. It's suppressing, isn't it? And we kind of know intellectually that not acknowledging and suppressing can have quite negative consequences. And in a way, by suppressing, you're almost telling yourself that you're being stupid because I need to suppress this. 
silly old me, why do I get into such a state? Whereas the other one is, oh, here we go. This is an opportunity. I've no idea what's going to happen, but I'm going to learn from it. Um, it's a bit of an adventure. And ah, there's your energy levels in a completely different place. And that's the other thing to remember, energy. What if you're just simply tired? What if you've had a bad night's sleep or you're going down with a bug? Don't forget that your brain, again, is picking up on just those simple body things. And when you are feeling like the world's coming to an end and you can no longer do this job or you're going to chuck in that business you've just started or chuck that boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is, when everything is just horrible and you feel useless, it is worth remembering to check in with your brain again and say, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm getting into this weird state. You're thinking it's some kind of danger I'm in here and you're desperately trying to sort things out. But actually, do you know what? It was just because I watched that thing last night on TV and it gave me bad dreams and I couldn't sleep. I'm tired. Just get a grip. <laughs> but not calm down, dear, which I think was um, used in a political setting in the last few years, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> if anyone tells you to just calm down, dear, I think we all know what your reaction to that will be, but please don't hit people. I do not advise that. <laughs> anyway, keep singing. Keep being excited. Does that make sense? I hope so. Okay, more about unsquashing? Just head over to trishalewis.com. There are links to my book. Subscribe, share and listen up for the next episode. Stay curious and unsquashed. <laughs>